0: Welcome to Peace by Believing. My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking together about freedom and about how to experience the freedom that God wants us to have. God wants us to walk in freedom and liberty. The devil wants us to walk in bondage. But we don't want to go the devil's way. We want to go God's way, and God's way is the way of freedom. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says this, "...stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage." And so God does not want you to live in bondage, whether that be to guilt, or maybe it's to bitterness, or to fear. God wants you to live in liberty and in freedom." Now, the sermon that we're going to be listening to today is a continuation of a sermon that we listened to last time. It's actually a message that I had preached to our church here in Pasadena on Fourth of July weekend, and it was a real blessing, at least I think it was, to our people here, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you today. And as I was preparing the sermon, I was interested to learn some things about freedom that we have experienced here in our own country. On January the 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. That was an executive order uh, stating that all slaves are now free. But after that order had been given and after that Emancipation Proclamation had been read, did you know that history tells us not a single slave experienced freedom immediately? They continued to live as slaves for about uh, two and a half more years because the Civil War did not end until May the 9th, 1865. And so, those slaves, there had been an order for their freedom, and yet, for all practical purposes, they still lived in slavery till the end of the Civil War. I was also interested to learn that on June the 19th of 1865, now this is about two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation, and over a month after the Civil War had ended, that some Union soldiers came to Galveston, Texas, and they had this message to the slaves, you're free. The president has issued an executive order uh, abolishing slavery. Not only that, the Civil War has ended and the Union has won and slavery is abolished. And so over a month after the Civil War ended, those slaves in Galveston learned of their freedom. They were free and they didn't even know it. And it was only a matter of time till that word began to spread beyond Galveston and into Houston and all across the state of Texas. There were approximately 200,000 slaves in Texas at that time. And little by little, they began to get the word. You're free. You're free. You're free. You've been free, and you didn't even know it. But now that you know it, act like you're free. You don't have to continue to live in slavery any longer. Well, you know, I think in a similar way— today, for those of us who are Christians, we're actually free. The day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became free. That was the day of your Emancipation Proclamation. And yet, there are a lot of Christians who are not living in the freedom that is rightfully theirs. They're still living in bondage to guilt over past sins, or maybe to bitterness, bad feelings towards other people, or maybe towards fear about the future. And God says, to you today who are listening, who are saved. You're free. You're free. You're free. You don't have to continue carrying those sins around. You don't have to continue living in bondage. You're free. You're free. You're free. And you can live in the freedom that is rightfully yours. And so I'm praying that today, as we pick up where we left off last time, last time we talked about freedom from guilt. Today we're going to be talking about freedom from bitterness and freedom from fear, and I pray the message will be a real blessing to you. Now second thing, the devil doesn't want you to know this. He didn't want you to know that one, but he doesn't want you to know this either. Jot this down. You don't have to be bitter, angry or at odds with anybody else. Now think about, it. that's a huge statement. You don't have to be bitter, angry or at odds with anybody else. Bitterness and bad feelings can be such a major problem in the Christian life. Turn over a few pages to the book, Ephesians 4.31. Listen to what Paul says. This is a very important. In fact, I would say this point is more important than the first point. I would say most people, most Christians, have a harder time with bad feelings towards other people than they struggle with God forgiving them of their sins. This is a big deal. Paul says this. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He's saying don't be bitter. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So what is the Bible saying? It is saying that we need to forgive, that we must forgive, that we can't hold grudges. In life, it is so easy for us to get our feelings hurt. It is. Somebody says something, somebody does something, somebody fails to say something, or they fail to do something, or they rub us the wrong way, and we get our feelings hurt. And then we get our feelings hurt, and that can kind of take root down in our hearts and now it's turned into like an offense and it's a grudge and before long we, we find ourselves having negative thoughts about that person and we find ourselves saying the next time I see that person I'd like to tell him this or I'd like to tell her that and this bitter root can just take hold in our heart and it can be so absolutely destructive. Now, the thing that I felt led today to say to you and to, to remind myself of this too is that you don't have to be bitter, angry, or at odds with anybody else. You don't have to live that way. Now, let me show you another verse that will kind of help you know how you don't have to. Go back to Romans chapter 5 because we've all struggled with bitterness and having these, having these bad feelings. But in Romans chapter 5, we get a little bit of insight here on how we can overcome those feelings and how we can have victory over those feelings. Romans chapter 5 and in verse number 5, Paul says, Now hope does not disappoint us, but now watch this next phrase, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so when you were saved, Not only did you receive forgiveness, not only did you receive the Holy Spirit, you received the love of God in your heart so that you have the same love living in you that God has in Him. And so it is with God's love that we are able to extend forgiveness, to let people off the hook, not to hold a grudge, not to have bad feelings. There shouldn't be anybody in your life, there shouldn't be anybody in my life when if we think of that person or we hear somebody else mention their name, when we think to ourselves, I can't stand that person. And yet probably in most people's life, there is a person that they can't stand or that has done something to them or that has done something to their family or that has somehow hurt their feelings. And what God wants us to be reminded of today is that you don't have to live like that. I've noticed this. Bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, holding a grudge, bad feelings. Did you know Sometimes you can be mad at somebody else and have all those feelings and, and they don't even know you're mad at them? The only person who knows is you and it just drains the life right out of you. But God wants you to be free from that and God doesn't want you to do it. And you have the love of God living in your heart so that you can be free and you can not have to struggle with those things. And we've all struggled with bitterness. We've all had things happen. I'm just curious. If you would say... On a scale from 1 to 10 in your life, if you were ranking what I'm talking about now, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, holding a grudge, bad feelings, I don't really like her, I don't really like him, on a scale from 1 to 10, if you would say in your life, in your Christian life, that that has been somewhere, 10 being the worst, 1 being the least, somewhere between a 7 and a 10 as far as something you struggle with, would you just raise your hand? 7 and a 10, look at that, That's, that's probably... About half, about half. And so God doesn't want us to, uh, to struggle with that. And then number three thing, this is so very important. Your future has been personally customized by God and everything about it will end up being good for you. Let me say that again. That's, that's kind of wordy. Your future has been personally customized by God and everything about it will end up being good for you. You see, many of the times it's not necessarily guilt that has us in bondage. Maybe it's not even bitterness. Maybe God's given us victory over that. But if the devil can't get us with one chain, he'll tie us up with another one. And sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's looking into the future. Sometimes it's wondering, how is this going to work out? Sometimes it's wondering, what's going to happen to me? What will, you know, what's going to happen if or what's going to happen Then, or what if my spouse dies, or what if I get this disease, or what if I lose my job, or what if I run out of money, or what if I end up alone, or what if all these things? And it's a bondage because people fear. I I made this uh, point in my sermon on Wednesday night. I said, You know, there are a lot of people who are happily married, been married 30, 40, 50 years, and yet, for those, not for all, I'm not saying the majority, but I think that this is true in some cases. They have a wonderful marriage. God gave them a wonderful spouse, a tremendous blessing. And yet, in some of their minds, they think, well, what's going to happen if my spouse dies? And instead of enjoying the blessing of their spouse today, they're worried about what might happen if their spouse dies tomorrow or if their spouse dies before they do. And that's a tragic thing and that's a sad thing. But what I'm saying is, see, that's just fear. That's the devil just tying us up. And that's the devil making us worried about something that whether it happens or not, we don't know. But that, that's not the way that God wants us to live. What God is saying to us is, and if you want a verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 is the verse where God said, I know the plans I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So when God looks at our future, God's got got good things planned for our future. So the things I've said today, hopefully will help us with guilt and it will help us with bitterness and it will help us with fear. We say, we don't have to fear the future. Did you know as a child of God, here's, here's how good your future is. Nothing is ever going to come into your life now or in the future or nothing ever came in it in the past. That was not allowed into your life, sifted through the loving hands of God, and God only allows things in our lives that He knows will be good for us. And and as I say that, I am very much aware that in this service today and in the next service, some of you are fighting battles physically, cancer family situations, financially, depression, and you're thinking, John, how could God have allowed this to come into my life? And I don't know, I don't know why God allowed it to come into to your life, but I know this. God doesn't cause those bad things to happen, but I know this. Anytime we ever go through something bad in our life, that God always promises to bring something tremendous out of it, in us, to make us more like Jesus. And so we don't have to fear something that God looks into the future and that God says is fantastic and that God says is good. Now, you still listening? Say amen. amen. Now, that's a lot of information, I know. We just kind of quickly scooted through guilt and bitterness and fear about the future, and that's a lot of information. But if we end the sermon right now, and I say, okay, you don't have to be in bondage to any of those things, you can be free of all that. Thank you for coming. Amen. See you tonight. That sermon is not going to do you much good. Because all I have given you up until this point, and I even held out some illustrations I could have told, because I just wanted to stay to the point. All I have given you to this point is information. But remember this. It's one of the greatest truths that I ever learned. The bridge between information and transformation is application you see when you come to church on sunday and you hear a sermon preached or you go to your connection group and you hear a lesson taught the purpose of that sermon and the purpose of that lesson is not just to dispense information Oh, look what I learned today. I memorized three more verses. No, we got to have some information. We need the information. But the purpose of teaching and, and, and preaching and even reading the Word of God is not just so that we would get more information. The purpose of all of that is so that we could experience transformation and so that our lives can be changed. And so if all we have is information, you live here today saying, well, yeah, God forgave me, and I don't have to be bitter, and I don't have to worry. But you're not changed. There's not any transformation. There's not anything happen to you. Because the bridge between information and transformation is application. You have to do something. And I have to do something. When I read a truth in the Bible, I think, man, that's I have to act on that. I have to apply that truth to my life if I am going to be changed and if I'm going to be set free. And so here is the application. Here is the takeaway. Here is what you and I must do. If we are going to experience the freedom that is already ours. Jesus has said, it is yours. I mean, it it is yours. But we don't experience it unless we take this step of application. And it is so very simple. And yet it is so very profound. Here's the application. Whether your bondage is guilt, bitterness, fear, or something else I haven't even mentioned here is the application. Believe what God says and live accordingly. That's it. Believe what God says and live accordingly. Let's take those three illustrations again, those three things we talked about today. Guilt. You're in bondage to guilt over some sin or some series of sins or a lifestyle of sins or a lot of bad things you've done. You think, man, okay. How are you going to get free of that? Believe what God says, that He's washed those sins away. He's cast those sins behind His back. As far as the east is from the west, He's removed those sins from you. You'll never be judged for those sins. That judgment was placed on Christ. So what do you do to get victory over that guilt? You believe what God says and you live accordingly. And you honor the blood of Jesus Christ By stop walking around, beating yourself, you honor the blood of Jesus Christ by, as Dr. Kendall said, by so fully accepting God's forgiveness that you say, you know what, that's not an issue with God. If it's not an issue with God, it's not an issue with me. If God is pleased with how the blood of Jesus Christ has washed that sin away, I'm pleased with the blood of Jesus too. If the blood of Jesus is good enough for God, the blood of Jesus is good enough for me. If the blood of Jesus satisfies God, the blood of Jesus satisfies me. Hallelujah. It's like that doesn't even exist anymore. It's out, it's off the record. It's out of the book. It's no longer there. Forgiven sins are gone. Now, how about you come in here today and say, John, it's not so much that for me. Maybe a little bit I struggle with it a little guilt. But my main thing is that bitterness, that bad feeling, that holding a grudge. Somebody did. I'm, I just can't stop thinking about that. How, how do I get free? Believe what God said. And live accordingly. You say, how does it work on that one? What did God say? God said that His love has been poured in your heart. And it's possible for you to love other people no matter what they have done. Doesn't mean you approve of what they... But it is possible for you to love them unconditionally. Just like God loves all of us unconditionally. So you believe that. Okay, that God's love is in my heart. I can do this. He has unconditional love. So what do I do? I live accordingly. I start expressing kindness to them. I start speaking well of them. I start being kind to them. When I'm with other people and their name gets brought up, I say something kind. I start praying for them. I start asking God to bless. See, you believe what God says. That love is already in your heart. Now all you have to do is live accordingly. Just live it out. Just I heard a pastor say years ago, Richard Jackson said this many, many years ago. He said, you do what's right because it's right. Until it feels right. You don't wait till it feels, you know, so I'm going to be nice to him as soon as I feel like it. You may never feel like it. You do what's right not because you feel like it. You do what's right because it's right. And you keep doing what's right because it's right. And then one day it will feel right. And so you just walk in love. You walk in forgiveness. You walk in grace. You believe what God says. His love is in your heart. And it's possible for that love to be expressed to that person. And you live accordingly. Now how about fear? Oh devil comes along. Oh, this is going to happen or this might happen or what, what if this happens? You believe what God says. That he's in control of your life. That nothing's coming into your life that he hasn't allowed. You believe that God has a future planned for you and that future is absolutely fantastic. And so what do you do? You believe that. And you live accordingly, and you go out of here today, and you say, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the rest of this day holds, but I know this. God's in control of my life. God wrote my future before I was ever born, and God says it's good. And if God says it's good, it's good. And nothing's coming into my life that's not going to ultimately be good for me. And so you believe what God says, and you live accordingly. And if we'll do that, I'm telling you, we will be Absolutely free in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, I pray that you will take this message today. A lot of different people just heard that. And everybody is probably at a slightly different place in their lives. But God, bondage is bondage. And I pray today that people would be set free by simply believing what you have said about these issues and living accordingly with your head bowed and eyes closed today did one of those guilt bitterness fear did one of those chains one of those bondages resonate with you you sat there and you thought, well, that, you know, he's on to something there. He, he's kind of struck a nerve with that one. If it, if it did, would you just say to God, God, you know, I've really been struggling with this. And God, it has impaired my freedom. It has resulted in, in, in some bondage. I have lost some of my joy and some of my peace, some of my excitement about life. And God, what John said is right. The Bible says... I'm already free from this, but in order for me to experience that freedom, God, I've just got to believe what you said. And I've got to live accordingly. And I guess today, in my mind, and as I was preparing this sermon, I thought I'm I'm kind of like those those Union soldiers who came to Galveston and, and said to those slaves, You're free! You're free! I know you haven't heard it. I know you don't know it. I know you might not can even believe it, but you are free, and you don't have to live this way anymore. That's what Union soldiers said in Galveston, Texas on June the 19th, 1865. You are free, and that's what a preacher is saying in Pasadena, just up the road from Galveston on July the 2nd, 2017, to a, to a congregation. You're free! You're free of guilt. You're free of bitterness. You're free of fear. You're free of all that. Just believe it. Believe it. Receive it. And live accordingly. Father, seal the message to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. Well, God wants us to live in freedom. He doesn't want us to live in bondage, not to guilt, not to bitterness, not to fear, and not to anything else. I want to thank you for listening to the program today, and I want to encourage you to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. And on that website, you'll find a lot of archived sermons. They're all 25 minutes in length, and so they make for great podcasts. And also, you'll find a tab on there that says spiritual growth. I would encourage you to click on that tab, scroll to the bottom, and you're going to find a lot of booklets that we have written through the years that I think will be a help to you. You can read them right there on your computer. And one of them is called Finding Freedom Through Forgiveness. Finding Freedom Through Forgiveness. The first half of that book talks about how God forgives us of all of our sins. And so by understanding and experiencing God's forgiveness, we find freedom from guilt. The second half of the book talks about forgiving others, those who have hurt us, those who have done us wrong, or maybe those who have hurt someone whom we love dearly. And by forgiving others, we can experience freedom from bitterness. And so it'll probably take you about 30 or 40 minutes to read that booklet, but I think it'd be a real blessing to you thank you for joining us today on the program. I hope you have a great week. I hope you walk in the freedom that God wants you to walk in, and I hope that you'll be with us next time on Peace by Believing.